I'm always a little concerned when I bring you a pitch and you're like, oh, there's, I don't know. And I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> 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 uh oh. Uh, I've, I've beefed the entire episode for the week. Did you ever watch the binging with Babish? I love, I love that series. The, the, now it's the Babish cinematic universe. Yeah. I was going to ask if you ever watched any of the stump solas. I watched the one where she made the bodega tasting menu. Oh yeah, that was a really good one. That was I liked that so one. good. Yeah, I want I want that like in a Spidey Pool fan fiction where like a bodega tasting menu. Yeah, like they're, <laughs> they're, they're like like Peter's trying to make a nice dinner, but he only has twenty minutes to run downstairs to the bodega. And, like I like that. <laughs> and and ten dollars. I like yeah. that. Yeah, and <laughs> ten dollars. Something that I learned from watching that video. I feel like we should have a food podcast because we always talk about food <laughs> in the cold opens. Yeah, what I was gonna say is that like I really, I really uh, empathize with Sola, like both in the kitchen. Uh, like I think it, it may have been that episode or it was another episode where she kept talking to herself. And she was like, "I've also made this other challenge for me where I'm gonna do do it this way," and she's like, "That wasn't part of the challenge, but I just decided to do it to myself." Yeah, and then, like, and then she's just like nobody's gonna know if you don't do it that way but you'll know and i was like i have sung that same song to myself in the kitchen oh yeah absolutely (laughs) but i also i would like to think that they got the idea for that web series after listening to our podcast oh yeah for sure absolutely yeah you didn't get the email they sent us where they were like hey is it cool if we riff on the (laughs) on the on the podcast and our show yeah well i let you handle the pr stuff so oh obviously (laughs) Because <laughs> I'm so good at it. And we get so many emails. Yeah, absolutely. Getting excited for the holidays. Getting excited for today's episode. Hopefully I've, I haven't stumped you too hard this week. I got there in the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and, and, and hop to it then because I'm really excited to give you my pitch. What's up, Spider Pals? My name is Zeke. And I'm Kat. And we are here to ask the question, was Spider-Man there? Except for this week, we don't care about Spider-Man. Just kidding. We, we care about Spider-Man <laughs> I mean, every week. We always care about Spider-Man. We, Yeah, Spider-Man, I know you're listening to this, because you remember that time we told you that we were going to find you and so you should keep running? <laughs> Throwback. Throwback. That's deep cut. That's deep cut was Spider-Man there. We care about Spider-Man, but we also care about the people in his periphery. Kat and I have put this show together because we both very much enjoy comics. And at the beginning of the show, I didn't know a whole lot about Spider-Man. And Kat was wizened and up there in Spider-Man years. (laughs) Are Spider-Man years like dog years? (laughs) Yeah, it's just the the number of collective years you've been into Spider-Man. I was really trying to go for something that was like, like an like an old mage or like someone that held a lot of knowledge, but the only word that was coming to mind was elderly, and I was like, I can't call cat elderly. <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. I feel like the word wizened is always followed by the word grizzled. <laughs> yeah, like, like a like a war veteran. Yeah, I basically live on top of a mountain with my comic book library, and every week I make the trek up the mountain, uh, and we record this podcast for you, 
so you better enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> the show uh, runs in two parts. The first part we call Elevator Pitch, which is where Kat gives me a theme for the week. And then I bring her a pitch uh, that I hope has never been a Spider-Man story. But then she does some research and she finds out if Spider-Man was there. And then there's also a second uh, half of the show. But that part has a secret identity, which you don't yes. know yet, but is a reference to the theme of the episode. <laughs> So Kat, can you tell us what our theme this week is? Yes, uh, I'm very excited about our episode this week because I think that we have hit the jackpot. This week we are talking about our favorite lady in red, Mary Jane Watson. I, okay, when I was younger and I watched the Sam Raimi Mm Spider-Man, I couldn't stand Mary Jane. I was like, I was like, whatever, she sucks. There was like a, there was like a time in my life I won't say like a day, because it definitely wasn't like a whole day I sat and pondered on this. But I remember the, I- the idea coming to me about how much it would suck to be Spider-Man's significant other. And then I was just like, oh, Mary Jane <laughs> stays going through it. Like, there's just so much that comes with it. So I gave her another shot. I watched Spider-Man again. And no, she still sucked. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, Kristen Dunst. But um, the Mary Jane, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, not a great gal. That said, I know we've talked about Mary Jane in a handful of episodes, so I'm really excited for her to get her own episode here on our show. So I couldn't think of a plot for a while. I was like, well, Mary Jane, like, what what could my challenge be here? And then I thought back to one one of my favorite movies, which is Mr. and Mrs. Smith, (laughs) you know, with uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And I thought... How cool would it be if Mary Jane had a secret identity as a villain, but that Peter didn't know about? So here's my my story, which I'm calling the Scarlet Shade. This is my Ooh. that's my title. I don't always have a title, but sometimes I do. Yeah. So Peter and Mary Jane, their relationship's still kind of new. They're still in, they've like just moved into an apartment together. Peter just kind of feels like he can trust Mary Jane to not ask too many questions. And he's like, maybe later on, like, I'll tell her that I'm Spider-Man. But it is critical to know that she does not know he is Spider-Man. And so he's kind of just out doing Spider-Man stuff. Like, you know, he's fighting villains and he's saving the day and Mary Jane's working her night job. And it's great. Except for, I wanted it to be one of those comics that you could like flip it upside down or like read it backwards. And then it was like the Mary Jane half of it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I think that would be like a cool setting for this because Mary Jane's night job is that she is like a cat burglar, right? She's like a villain um, and she calls herself the Scarlet Shade. And her, not her nemesis because she's like a Catwoman style character, I think. Mm-hmm. But definitely, like, the man who foils her plans is Spider-Man. And she can't deny Mm -hmm. that they have sort of, like, a back and forth. And I know that there's already, like, Black Cat who has this same sort of thing. But I didn't want to just be like, and then Mary Jane was Black Cat. Because I think that it's much more interesting for Mary Jane and Peter to be sort of in each other's um, periphery as significant others. And then also as hero and villain. But at the end of the day, they come home to each other. And they have no idea that the other one is who they are. (laughs) And so like, sometimes like Peter will come home and he'll have like, you know, like a bruise on his cheek or something. And that'll be like from where she punched him. And she'll be like, what happened to your face? And he'll be like, oh, I ran into a door or something. And she's like, God, this guy is clumsy. Or like, she'll come home and she'll be like, oh, my back hurts really bad because like he like threw her. And he'll, he'll be like, why does your back hurt? She's like, oh, I guess I was like, 
stretching or something and i just pulled my back out weird he's like man mary jane like cool it with the stretching (laughs) like and so they kind (laughs) of like exist you know in this orbit and i definitely think that there are a few like close calls like she's like trying to unlock the door and he's about to climb out the window and he hears her like unlocking the door and he's like oh shit or shoot because he doesn't curse and maybe he does i don't know i like to imagine spider-man doesn't curse and she's like fumbling with her keys and then like right when she gets the key in the lock he like zips out the window and she's like oh guess peter's not home right now good and then she's like phew and she takes like a like she dumps out a bunch of like diamonds out of her purse or something (laughs) that she just got done stealing and they kind of don't ask too many questions about each other because their relationship is so new so there's a lot of like where are you getting this money or like like how are you why do you keep such weird hours but i don't ask those kind of questions because this relationship is new and i like it a lot and i think at the end of the comic spider-man goes to stop the scarlet shade She's trying to break into a bank and the bank security is much higher than she's used to. And so she's had to like, not harm people, but she is having to like put innocent lives in danger, which she usually tries not to do. And so Spider-Man obviously shows up and he's like, you can't do that. And they have like a big fight. And then she like goes to attack him and he grabs her wrist and she like cries out in pain and he like recognizes it and he realizes who she is. And there's, like, this moment that passes between them, and she knows that he knows, and he just kind of, like, looks at her, and he's like, you should leave. And she's like, aren't you gonna chase me? And he's like, not today. And so she's, like, just pieces out, and then when the cops get there, they're like, Spider-Man, what happened? And he's like, she got away from me, I don't know, like, but everyone's safe, and, you know, you can dust for prints or whatever you want to do, but, like, I don't think you're gonna find anything. And so uh, Peter goes home and uh, Mary Jane is there waiting for him. And he's like, did you have a good day at work? And she looks at him and she kind of smiles and she's like, you know, I didn't. I got fired. And he's like, that sucks. You're going to look for a new job. And she kind of shrugs and she's like, yeah, think about changing my line of work anyway. And he's like, that's cool. I'll help you look for a new job. And like, that's kind of like the agreement they come to and they don't like discuss it anymore. Um, and I think that kind of becomes like this solidifying thing. Like the end of the comic is sort of this outlook that like, well, we can move on because we have both like kind of come to this silent honesty with each other. And so that's my pitch. I know it's not, I usually come with like a funny one or like I try to have them be like really wacky, but I just really liked this idea of Mary Jane being this cool, stealthy villain and then leaving it behind because she prefers her life with Peter over all of this sort of wealth that sits at her fingertips because she, because she can. So anyway, so that's my pitch. Um, so I come to you today and I ask you, uh, was Spider-Man there? And did he ever have to fight a villainous Mary Jane? Uh, so I I know that I messaged you once or twice during this week because the quick pitch you gave me for this that sent me on my research really threw me for a loop. Um, mm-hmm. Mary Jane is not a character that I have spent a lot of time paying really close attention to. It's like, she's there. I get her deal. But, you know, for the most part, it's like, whatever. She's Spider-Man's girlfriend right. sometimes. But this episode and my research this week really sent me into learning more about kind of the history of the character and also the function of the character. Off the bat, I can tell you, I did not find a story where Mary Jane was a villain. Okay. You know, I couldn't find a story where like Mary Jane was taken over by the Venom symbiote or Mary Jane, you know, gets brainwashed by Hydra or anything like that. Which would have been rad. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I started to think a little bit about why that was the case as I was like looking through the stories and kind of like what her function has been over the decades. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it kind of has to do with not just like Mary Jane's characterization, which, you know, can evolve and grow so much as what I think it is that she's supposed to symbolize in the Spider-Man story. Mm -hmm. And just like we've talked a little bit about like Uncle Ben and Aunt May and like how those characters, you know, symbolize kind of like Peter's moral compass or, you know, the heart behind his motivation. I think Mary Jane is really important as a symbol of the normal life. Mm -hmm. that Peter Parker kind of has to give up in in certain amounts. Um, he She represents the Peter Parker aspect of the character of Spider-Man and kind of the ideal life that, you know, he still wants he, and he still dreams about wanting and attains at some at some points. And, and that's not to say that like Mary Jane is only a girlfriend or she is only a boring normie. As we're going to talk about today, she does some really incredible things. And she's not just, she's definitely evolved past being a damsel in distress. But I think maybe writers shy away from putting her in certain positions because it's less true to like what the character is supposed to mean. Okay. Yeah, then it, it's like more important for her to be kind of what she is. Sure. Um, than to just put her in a position and just because you can, you know, like, uh, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, she was a vampire or whatever? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that would be cool. But I did some digging and I did find some really cool stories that we're going to talk about. The one I want to talk about first is actually a recent series that is aptly titled The Amazing Mary Jane. She got her own solo series for a little bit there. Mm hmm. And the reason I picked this series was she is not a villain in this series. She isn't donning a, you know, cape and matching boots and going out and secretly fighting Spider-Man. She's not robbing banks. But she is doing some things on the down low that she knows that Peter might not be entirely happy about. Mm -hmm. So at this point, in, when the story opens up, Peter is, of course, in New York doing his science thing and Spider-Manning and all that business, and Mary Jane is currently in Los Angeles, and she's been hired to play a part in a Hollywood movie, mm -hmm. and so they're kind of doing the long-distance dating thing, you know, they're throughout the issues, they're talking on the phone or doing video chats and stuff like that, as she kind of updates him a little bit about what's going on. Mm -hmm. And the movie that she has been hired to be a part of is actually a Mysterio biopic. Okay. And... It's being directed by this guy named Cage McKnight, who is like a very well-known director. He's kind of an eccentric, like he's definitely known for like one of those directors that prizes authenticity over anything else. Okay. You know, he's a very like prestigious director that will, you know, go to the ends of the earth to find the perfect person to play this part or whatever. And so she signs on for this project and she's like, you know, who knows more about like Spider-Man's rogues gallery than me and... I'm here to play this part, but she's she's in, she's involved in the movie and she's like, I mean, that being said, because I do know this material so well, these are this is a terrible script. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she's not afraid about like expressing those opinions, which and so she is trying to like talk to people on the production team a little bit about this. She's like, can we change these lines? Like, can we change this? And she ends up trying to hunt down the director who runs from her initially. And she finally catches him and tracks him down. and. Lo and behold, the director is, in fact, Mysterio himself. Ah. Uh. And she's like, well, I kind of figured that that was the case or that we were working with a situation like that because who else would hire 
actual ex supervillains to like be on the production team. Like there's a bunch of people here who have fought Spider-Man that are like working the lights and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. I, I knew something was, was hinky. And she's like, but okay, before we talk about anything else, what did you do with the real director? And he's like, oh, he's fine. I basically sent him on a wild goose chase or really a wild penguin chase. And he's in the Falklands right now auditioning penguins because he thinks he's shooting the like jaws of the Arctic or whatever. Okay. <laughs> and so they like, she, he's like, look, I even have a baby monitor to like make sure that he's okay and like shows her the video <laughs> feed of, of the director. And he's like, they're like filming penguins on his own or whatever. And there, she's like, all right, well, I mean, he's, he looks happy. So that's fine. <laughs> and she's like but is any of this for real and he's like oh no 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 the the project is for real but nobody was going to give me a chance to work on an actual movie like no one was going to give me funding or work with me or sign contracts with me or give me you know insurance i'm a super villain <laughs> right but he genuinely wants his opportunity to like tell this story and make this movie and and he was very adamant that he hires specifically Mary Jane to play the role of like the Mysterio's love interest, who's also a side villain who like he has a written that like she starts fighting alongside him because she falls in love with him or something like that. And uh -huh. I, I'm not really sure like who Mary Jane is supposed to be playing. Like, I think she's an original character. Do not steal in sure. the story. But she does have like a cat suit or whatever, which is one of the things that she brings up. She's like, this suit ripped twice during shooting yesterday. Like, this costume is unrealistic. We need to adjust our expectations here. Um, and so he's like, oh, okay, so now you know. And she's like, yeah, but I think you're genuine about this. I think that you actually want to make this movie. I think that you're actually invested in it. And I believe in the idea of redemption. Like, mm -hmm. who better than me understands that concept and understands second chances and I think you're really in earnest about this. So I'm going to help you make this movie with the caveat that we're going to make a couple of changes. And so she brings up some of the like script changes and stuff that she wants to make. And he's like, well, artistic vision. And she's like, look, do you want to make this movie or not? And he's like, actually, your ideas are pretty good. So uh, let's do that. But then the the movie is just plagued with production issues. Like the funding drops out all of a sudden and like some of the actors start leaving. But like MJ just like, is up to task and so like he's like what do we do what do we do she's like we just go find another backer and so she's the one that like takes him on all these interviews with people to like get funding they end up getting like a much smaller budget but still a budget they kind of get a windfall because this uh like film legend it's definitely a callback to like michael keaton the actor's name is uh sunny diperna okay and it opens up with him like kind of monologuing to himself and he says something about like Birdman, and, and but he's actually like trying to read lines because he's gonna be playing the part of the vulture in the movie. Okay, and <laughs> but it's like, oh, okay, so this is a Michael Keaton joke. Okay, got it. Right. <laughs> but as all this is happening, and like you know, they're trying to put out all these fires. The Savage Six, which oh. is uh, yeah, we got some baddies. Wait, are, is this like? I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Is this like related to the Sinister Six? Yeah, they're just they're rebranding. But same, same idea. <laughs> okay, they're rebranding. Yeah. They're undergoing, they have a new PR guy. Yeah, well, they're in LA now. So they're like, uh, Sinister Six was taken that, that, uh, Disney has the rights to that here. So, uh, we had to rebrand. Yeah, um, we had to work with what we had. So that's like Vulture and Rhino and Scorpion and like Stegron, a handful of other people, mostly spearheaded by Vulture, who like knows that he's going to be in this movie and is very concerned about the image that he's going to be getting in this in this film, mm -hmm. are very unhappy about this. And they like attack 
the set while while they're trying to film and so mary jane kind of grabs uh sunny and the rest of the crew and is like shunting them into the back of the prop truck to like get them off off the set while she like coaxes mysterio into confusing them with his illusions and he ends up like confusing them and so they think they're in the middle of the desert but he actually sends them like walking to the middle of the desert and so by the time they come to they're out in like joshua tree and they're like ah shit now we gotta go all the way back but by the time they do they've taken all the set and all the actors and they've moved them to another location for a while there they're kind of playing like the the ball and shell game you know yeah yeah. with with like the paparazzi and like trying to hide production so that they can finish filming their movie right but all of this ends up being too much for the actor who is playing the part of spider-man who is like the wimpiest like he's clearly like one of those you know heartthrobby types who just has the worst personality oh he's like uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) i already had a joke lined up and then you said the worst personality and my joke was already coming out of my mouth and i was like timothy chalamet and then i said let me not let me not uh disparage timothy chalamet's good name (laughs) in this way (laughs) so he's he's like okay i'm gonna i'm quitting and he also demands like some hush money because he's like, this is definitely not like up to code and, and all this crazy shit that's happening. Being attacked by supervillains is not covered by the Actors Guild. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of basically pay him off to get him to go away and shut up. And Mary Jane's like, well, we just need somebody like in the suit, right? Like we can always edit things in post-production. So she's like, I'll play the part of Spider-Man. And they're like, you oh. are not even remotely the right shape and she's like it's fine if we can make arnold schwarzenegger look 40 again we can do this and they're like okay (laughs) all right mary jane whatever you say and so she ends up like putting on the suit and of course she has to call peter who's like in the middle of doing science and she's like sends him some pictures and he's like i is it is it narcissistic for me to be turned on by this (laughs) she's just like (laughs) he's like oh no i'm real hot i think i'm a lady He's like, I don't, I don't know. He's like literally in the middle of a lab. There's like half a dozen other scientists around him. And like, they're in the middle of an experiment where he's like answering the cell phone. And she's like, Hey, how was that picture tiger? And he's just like, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but I also am science right now. And, but also hot, but also science. And right. I, mm. One brain, only one brain cell. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so she manages to shoot those scenes and it seems to be fine enough. And she ends up finishing all of her stuff for the film, all of her scenes, just as the Savage Six find their new location, which is like an abandoned zoo or something. And so (laughs) she like sees them coming in the distance as like everybody else is still working on set and you know shooting scenes or whatever uh-huh. and there's just this moment where she like sighs and then just like starts taking off her giant hoop earrings <laughs> so like you know shit is gonna go down <laughs> oh my god she literally said hold my earrings <laughs> yeah it was really funny and so this the savage chicks come up and they're like what are you mary jane watson actress model going to do to us and she's like oh honey please and she basically manages to like I mean, she can move like, you know, she can backflip with the rest of them. Like she's no Black Widow, but she's been doing her own stunts in this movie. Right. And she's able to she trips up Rhino because they're like on a hillside and Uh she manages to like trip him. So he like rolls down the hill and she grabs a lot of the 
special effects robots because she's like, oh, thank God Mysterio has enough integrity to rely on practical effects. And so he had all these, all his like robots of like the X-Men and shit like that. And so she like pulls them out. And so they kind of help give her some firepower to kind of ward off the Savage Six until they wrap shooting. And then all of the ex supervillains that were like on the production team are like what's all this then and like come over and and start helping them and manage to just like completely obliterate like the savage six but mary jane really holds her own she she has a lot of moments where you're like oh damn mary jane's kind of a badass like she's <laughs> really competent and she can like she can punch she can kick i mean she's not super strong but like she can move right so in the sixth issue it opens up with her going basically on the promotion circuit where she's like on a talk show and she's talking about the movie and how much fun it was to work on the movie and how great the director was. And then they're like, oh, we've got the director here. And she's like, uh, do you? But it's the real director. Like, it's the real Cage McKnight. And he's like, I don't remember working with her. And I don't remember making this movie. But that doesn't mean I didn't make it. And they're like, what? Oh. And she's like, well, some of my best films have been made when I've been in a fugue state. So it's very possible that this is one of those situations. And I guess we'll just see it when it comes out. And she's like... Okay. <laughs> yeah, like what? Bullet dodged, I guess. And so they're having like, you know how talk shows are these days where like you can't just have an interview, like you have to make them play a stupid game. And so the host is like, "All right, we're going to play bowling with random objects and we're going to pull people out of the audience and they're going to play the game against Mary Jane and the director." And Mary Jane's like, "Okay, sure, I guess." But as all this is happening and there's all this commotion and there's like confetti falling from the ceiling, she sees this dude like backstage who's wearing an oni mask, like flat oh, up what? murder somebody. <gasps> yeah. And, and she's like, oh my God, that guy just murdered someone backstage. And he's like looking right at me. And he's basically doing the like pointing at the eyes and like pointing at you, like, you know, right. your next kind of shit. And so she's trying to like stay in sight of everybody, but also like, how do I alert the cops that this just happened? And I saw it, but also I don't know what's happening. And then she's like, all right, whatever, the movie's coming out in October, bye. And then like runs to the police station and ends up getting put in witness protection and that is how the comic series ends because it got canceled <gasps> what so we don't really know what happened with that movie long term speaking i don't know if they're going to bring it up in the main amazing spider-man so this happened pretty recently like this series ended this year sure. so as far as i know those events have not reconciled in the amazing spider-man timeline but will they remain to be seen but a lot of this storyline did involve mary jane working with the supervillain technically she's playing kind of a villainous love interest in the movie that she's making. And she is definitely wrestling through the storyline with, she knows she needs to tell Peter that this is happening, but she wants to make sure that she explains it correctly. That like, this isn't about her trying to hide anything from him, but she genuinely believes that like redemption is not a single point. It's a journey. And she mm -hmm. wants to give Quentin Beck his chance at his journey. So I think, in that way, it plays into the idea of like, we're keeping secrets, there's villains involved, maybe, maybe you wouldn't approve of what I'm doing. But obviously, you know, she and Peter know each other really well. And they also make a point of that, of like trying to highlight like how well these two characters know each other and like how secure they are in their relationship, you know, even though they're long distance and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, so that was, that was my pick for, for your pitch, even though it was not really anything like it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's fine. I, you know, I come into this and I, I don't know a whole lot about these characters. So learning that 
certain characters have a certain purpose and a certain place within the comic is always interesting to me, especially when I come, because to me, like when I write things in my own fiction, I don't think that there's no characters that are off limits, basically. You know what sure, I mean? Like, sure, sure. Anyone can do anything. Right. And that's fine to to write in that style. But I think it's it's also really important to have characters that are symbolic in that way to your protagonist or to to the story. And so I think it's really interesting to learn that that is sort of Mary Jane's purpose. I'll be honest and say that when you when you first told me that you were like, oh, I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to find anything or I don't have that much to work with. I was like, oh, because Mary Jane is like an object. <laughs> Like, and so, so it's really cool for me to learn that, like, not only does she have, like, a purpose as a character, but she's still able to do, like, really cool stuff within the boundaries of, of that being her, not her place, but you know what I mean? Like, um, her role in, in Spider-Man's life and in the, in the world that he inhabits. Yeah. And, and I will say that that has not always been the case. And there are certainly, There have certainly been periods of times in the comics when the writers weren't really sure what to do with her and she just kind of ends up being a damsel in distress or she just kind of ends up being the girlfriend or the nagging significant other or whatever. And those are definitely the low moments for the character where, you know, it feels really easy to like push her out of the way so you can have your ship. (laughs) Right. But I, I definitely think especially in modern era especially when we're like putting a lot of focus on characters like Gwen Stacy and like, oh, you know, like Spider-Gwen is so popular. I think they really are looking for ways to, you know, keep the spirit of the character, but modernize her, make her seem more relatable as a character and as a woman, uh, make her seem more competent. Because I mean, she's still alive. She's been with Spider-Man. She's been involved with Spider-Man in one way or another for years now. Like, Mm -hmm. she's got to have something to her, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There's, I think Mary Jane speaks a lot to the, not tenacity, the... I guess the endurance of a, a well-written female character, even if, you know, it takes a while to get there. Like, I know that comics kind of, some things age like milk uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to to comic books. So it's interesting to see that Mary Jane has had this sort of growth and been able to maintain, like, a meaningful position within the comics. So I yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. I like that. And I yeah. like, this is one of those situations where I'm, I like that, I like being wrong. Because it means that there's there's usually more to a character than just like, okay, we can do whatever with them, just like we do whatever with any other character. So that's really cool. So thank you so much for looking that up and for bringing that to my attention, because now I've learned something new about Mary Jane, who, not that I did not care, like I said, I definitely had that moment where I was like, oh, Mary Jane is really crucial to who, like, Peter is. In fact, I'll be honest, I think I, I think, like, even before today, I cared more about Mary Jane than, like, Iron Man. (laughs) Um, Just because my perspective of Spider-Man was so skewed. So these are all really interesting things to learn. But I am excited for what else I'm going to learn in the second half of the podcast. Because I know that you've been looking forward to this. So let's go ahead and head over there and see see what we have to learn today. All right, we have made it to the other side. It's cat. It's it's uh, prime cat time now. <laughs> it is all cat. I'm so excited for this. I know that you've. I know you've told me that the 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 trivia segment for this week is really good, but I have to imagine that what you found for Mary Jane has been good as well because she's got such a 
like such a long history in the comics for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say she's got a long history and she's also one of those characters that shows up in a lot of different iterations of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So like there's lots of different versions to play with. They're just all nice though. <laughs> For the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell us about the second half of the podcast? Yes, the second half of the podcast is Two Truths and a Fic, where I come bearing two canonical Spider-Man storylines and one that I've lifted from an obliging fan work, and Zeke has to try and guess which are which. This is not going to be my week, I can tell. I Because I love Mary Jane now, and I, you know, like I said, I had kind of a moment about her before, but I don't know Jack about this character. But I will do my best. What sticker am I competing for this week? This week we have a very cute redheaded little girl Spider-Man. <gasps> Super cute. Just like in the comic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, in a way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, um, let's go ahead and hear the first one. All right, here's the first one. After what feels like a very final fight with the Green Goblin, Peter is broken, beaten, and powerless. With the residual radiation in his body chipping away at his lifespan, it is Mary Jane who is at his side, ready to rescue the hero who can no longer save himself. Whoa. Right out the gate, huh? Yep. Wow. Okay. This one this one feels canon, but I won't make any assumptions until the end. So let's hear the next one. Next one. Now a husband and proud father, Peter Parker would like nothing more than to hang up his suit for good. Unfortunately... It seems that a life of risks and danger is unavoidable, leading Mary Jane to suggest that both she and their daughter join Peter in the family business. Okay, I don't care if it's canon or not. I love this one. (laughs) That's really good. I like that. All right, let me have the third one. Third one is, in a case of multiple mistaken identities, a villain kidnaps Mary Jane Watson, convinced she is actually Spider-Man. But though she may not have super strength, agility, or spider sense, Mary Jane isn't without a few tricks of her own. So who's the real hero, after all? Hmm. Okay. Oh boy. These all sound like they could be canon. I hate when you do this to me. (laughs) Because sometimes more than one of them sounds like it could be the fan fiction. And I'm like, okay, well, this has stumped me, but at at least I have a shot. But this is, I'm hopeless here. These all sound great. Okay, let's see. I really think the one with with Mary Jane and their daughter sounds like, I don't know, part of me wants to say that that's the fanfic, but uh, another more outspoken part of me wants to say that that's canon. Shoot, you really got me this week. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to say that the first one is the fanfic, and the last two are canon. So it's going to go fanfic, canon, canon. And I'm not going to second guess myself. And I <laughs> I mean, I know that I usually am pretty confident. I'm not confident at all, but I'm just going with my gut about what sounds right. So that is my final answer is fanfic, canon, canon. Well, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. Whoa, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, um, we'll start wherever you want to start. I am very interested. I think I'm the most interested in Mary Jane and Peter's daughter. Mm -hmm. But we'll start wherever you want to start. Well, let's go ahead and start with the fan fiction then. Okay. So this is a story called Spider-Man No More. And I picked a story just because I did think it sounded like something that I would definitely pick up if it was a comic. Like if this was a trade or like a limited series, I would definitely pick this up just based on the plot line alone. 
But the basic premise is that Spider-Man is fighting against the goblin and they're in this like burning building or whatever. And the goblin has basically created like an anti-serum and he tells Spider-Man what he's doing, but he basically injects it with him and it just removes his powers from him like immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's devastating in that moment because like they are in this burning building and there's like he can like hear there's like a woman trapped or something and he's now like powerless to go and save her and he takes a beating as well but he like kind of ends up escaping with his life and and osborne's like oh no 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 i don't want you to die tonight because i know that like your body is still carrying all this radiation and you know all this other bullshit that that your powers allowed you to survive but without them you're not going to last that long you've got maybe like five six years on the outside and i want you to suffer for all of it so peter has to live with that (laughs) oh fun great excellent as he as he like realizes that like oh my god he really did it he really took my powers away and then kind of like drags himself back home to mary jane who like you know explains what's happened and she's kind of just there to like be the rock and kind of help pick up the pieces and you know help him remember that like okay well maybe you can't be spider-man anymore but you still have to be peter parker and like that's not that bad right and she even helps him find other ways to sort of like do good and be a hero even though he's like still i mean he's obviously devastated and he's beating himself up and his body is it's also taking a toll on his body she's like hey you know i heard that a disturbance in our building like like some of our neighbors like they're yelling and i'm pretty sure that there's something going on there like maybe you should go check on that apartment and things like that like Mm -hmm. she definitely is like putting him in positions because she knows that he has this compulsion to do good so i thought that that was just a really cool story and it and it definitely highlights like that she is sympathetic but like i wouldn't say no nonsense but like she's also willing to push him Mm -hmm. and she also really understands what drives him and what motivates him Right. Which allows her to be a very supportive character. So I wanted to um, pick that one. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. The last one is Spider-Man Annual 19. Okay. Um, I think it's called like Fun and Games or something. And this one was an issue where Mary Jane and Peter have recently broken up, but they're still like trying to be friends and, you know, get together for dinner every now and again. And she's invited him over for dinner and he's late because he's Spider-Manning. And she's like, this is why we had to break up because I can't be sitting around waiting for you and worrying about you every night. And it's, you're just having fun. Like you're out there being Spider-Man. You think it's a gas and like, that's great for you. But you know, I'm over here pulling my hair out and I, I just can't do that. I can't live that life. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's reasonable. Then there's this, it's very, okay. So this comic is like from the Mm eighties and there's definitely some like, this logic doesn't hold a lot of water, but in a previous issue, Spider-Man had had an interaction with the Kingpin and they kind of decided to like, just both walk away from the situation with a nod and an understanding that we were gonna, we were just gonna leave it the way it was. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Kingpin gave Spider-Man a pink hat, like a pink woman's hat that he wanted. He's like, okay, we're just going to leave this on the table, but I want you to give me that hat. And it's, <laughs> uh, um, which he then gifts to Aunt May. And But before he gives it to Aunt May, it passes through the hands of Alistair Smythe, who's working for Kingpin. And he implants like a, a tracking device in it. And he's like, ah, Spider-Man said he was going to give this to his aunt. So I'll just see who this hat goes to and then i'll find out spider-man's identity which i mean all right solid plan i guess right but uh what ends up happening is that aunt may is having dinner with anna watson her neighbor who's mary jane's aunt and 
they're just at the table. And so she lets Anna try the hat on at the table. And at that moment, Alistair Smythe like busts in in his spider slayer and is like, okay, there's the old woman. And Mary Jane's like, oh no, get your hands off my aunt. And he's like, it's your aunt. So you're Spider-Man. And he's like, I don't understand how Spider-Man is a woman, but I will not be asking any questions. And like grabs the <laughs> both of them. And then goes to his lair where he like concocts this crazy idea that he's like, okay, clearly you're smaller than Spider-Man, but there's got to be an ex- a reason for that. Oh, okay. You wear like an exosuit, like you get in the suit. And so that's why it's bigger and more muscular than you and has a man shape. But where did you get the suit? And she's like, uh, aliens. And he's like, of course. <laughs> yeah, aliens, so- definitely, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so she's like, okay, obviously Spider-Man is going to like follow the trail here one way or another. Like she's, he's going to find out about that, you know, incident at the restaurant. He'll figure something out. I just need to find a way to let him know where we are and buy us some time so that like he can kick this guy's ass properly. And so she's like, all right, you got me. I am Spider-Man. I, I do wear an exosuit. It was given to me by aliens. And if you let my aunt go, I will take you to where it is. And he's like, all right, all right. And so he like, leaves the ant tied up and he's like, all right, well, we're going to go get it. And so he like grabs Mary Jane and she's like, oh, but you know, it would be a shame if like you defeated Spider-Man and there was no evidence. So like, do you have a camera? And he's like, no, I don't have a camera. And she's like, well, we should go get one. And she like leads him to the camera store. <laughs> like he's like in his, in his little flying pod, like holding her in a tentacle arm. And so they like go to the camera store. And so she's like there, she's like, I'm just finding film. And she's like leaving a message like Spider-Man, we went to XYZ location or whatever. Uh-huh. And she's like, okay, we need to go like to the empire state building. And she basically like leads him all over New York city giving Spider-Man plenty of time to catch up. And then he ends up like fighting the guy and then, you know, he gets arrested and blah, blah, blah. Today is saved. I would like to pay uh, some special attention to the artist that drew this issue. And I would just like to ask, like, come, come closer, come closer to the, okay. to the headphone. Okay. To the headset. Okay. I just want to ask who hurt you, man? <laughs> who, who was he? Who was he that hurt you? Do you need to talk about it? Because, I have, I've read a lot of comics. I've looked at a lot of art of various quality. I have rarely in my life seen a character rendered with so much detail and hatred and vitriol (laughs) as the way this person draws Alistair Smythe. Like, I, I am not going on a limb to say that there are definitely some, uh, racial stereotypes happen happening in this imagery Uh-oh. but they are also just like the number of pen strokes required to render every hair on this guy's you know brow and in his scraggly beard the way that like he's in his cubicle at fisk's company and it's covered in nudie posters and the guy's ass is hanging out like i was like there's no way that this is just a character you designed like this is someone you know this is someone you work with and i just want to know who and i want to know why you're angry and i want to know if you ever healed this was like 1982 did things get better between you two? Oh my god <laughs> but um that being said let's move on to greener pastures which is the other canon storyline this is kind of a broad view, but this is a plot summary I plucked from Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. And Renew Your Vows is basically, it was its own separate series, which basically follows the alternate timeline of what if Peter Parker and Mary Jane were married, raised a family, like what would the logical chain of events be 
for that. And so it doesn't start with them being superheroes right away. Like he does really genuinely try to give up being a superhero at first for the good of his family. He's like, I can't be a family man and run around and punch villains. That's just going to get me killed one day and I can't do that to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so he really makes an honest go of it. He even gets like inhibitor bracelets, kind of like the inhibitor collars that the X they use like with the X-Men and stuff in the, in that canon. Right. To dampen his own powers and his daughter's powers so that there's less chance of them being found out or less chance of her being targeted. Uh, but things end up going awry anyways. And so it's actually Mary Jane that's like, okay, well, you can't protect us. So what is better is if we are all able to fight on our own. And she, what she ends up doing is Mary Jane obviously isn't born with powers. So she ends up getting a special suit made that kind of allows her to tap into Peter's powers a little bit and like borrow them but it does leave him weakened and so like she can overuse his powers um which i guess kind of creates a new dynamic and a new like dramatic element i guess like mm-hmm. a, a an element of suspense to fight scenes and stuff like that like we didn't just double the power of this team you know um and she goes by the name spinneret Okay. In their little duo. And the the daughter, her name is Annie, goes by uh, Spiderling. And it's very cute. And I've seen some adorable cosplay of, like, the whole family. Oh. So that is, it, it is definitely a series that, like, has its kind of cult following. Like, I feel, it's definitely not as well known or as, as well read as, like, the main Spider-Man titles. But there's definitely a lot of fans out there who are like, I want to see Spider-Man be a dad and make dad jokes and be an adult and, like live an adult life like i really want to see that and i want to see that progress and so they were really happy to see this series oh that's good yeah i like (laughs) i like spinneret first of all but also (laughs) i feel i feel in my heart i feel that i want to see spider-man be a dad because it's like it's like (laughs) when i i there's like a there's like a series of emotions i go through when i find a character that i like and be a parent and usually because it's a male character, be a dad is like right before the peak where I, where it tips over into like (laughs) special interest territory. Like I'm all, I'm already well past be a dad for daredevil. I do just want to let everybody know. Um, (laughs) I've, I've been to be a dad and I've moved on to other things. (laughs) But, but I feel, I feel in my heart the Spider-Man be a dad emotion. I really liked when we did the Spider-Babies episode and we talked about Spider-Man being a dad. And so I'm glad that, I'm glad that this got brought up because I love stories where, where like well-beloved heroes or like, like classic characters or whoever yeah. become and parents. I've read a, a handful of these issues. And what I really do like is that I feel like the family dynamic feels realistic because it's like, it doesn't matter if your dad is Spider-Man. He's still your dad. And he still tells the worst jokes at breakfast. Oh, you know? perfect. Like, I love like, it. Annie is such an endearing character. And she really has that like spirit of determination that both of her parents have. I think the first panel I saw of her was like, her parents are in trouble. And so she, you know, she's like 10. And she's like, I have to rescue them. And so she's like suiting up and she's like pulling on her, like her knee pads and like her little, you know, baby super suit or whatever to like go rescue her mom and dad. And I'm just like, this is the best and most adorable thing. And honey, please don't hurt yourself. Like, yeah. (laughs) um, You're like, I love this. Please don't fall. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think it's a really cute series. And yeah, if you're someone who's into like 
Spider Dad, this is definitely one to check out. I love it. I did just Google it, and her little outfit is so cute. Right. Like, I mean, I, I mean, like, every time there's, like, and then this was, person was a spider someone, their outfits are always, like, really good. Like, I feel like artists that work on Spider-Man always do a really good job of designing the costumes, but Spider-Ling's outfit is mad cute. It's so cute. You know, I never ask this, but I think, but I think I'm, I'm gonna start. Which of these three things was your favorite to read? I haven't read all of Renew Your Vows. Sure. I think, I think quality-wise and, like, thing that I could really get emotionally invested in, I think that would probably be it. Uh-huh. Um, I really like the concept of this fanfiction a lot, and I feel like if it was, like, an illustrated comic, it would probably be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, just, that, just because of the concept. That's how I feel about a lot of the fanfictions we talk about. Yeah. I always, every single week, I come on here, and you guys are like, okay, here's the fanfiction, and Zeke's gonna be over the moon about it, because Zeke loves fanfiction. <laughs> but I just really feel like fanfic writers don't get enough credit for the quality work they put out. Absolutely, absolutely. The The last one was definitely, like, it was just so zany, that, like, I didn't, I just kind of, you know, was pinching the bridge of my nose a right. the time, because I was like, you know, it's an 80s comic or whatever, I... I I was along for the ride, but I wasn't, like, emotionally invested. Right. Whereas it's like, I, I care Annie Parker. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I care Annie Parker so much. <laughs> well, thanks again for uh, for looking those up. I'm really excited to go find some place to read Renew Your Vows, because I'm really, I'm, really, I'm really still at Spider-Man Be a Dad. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a lot of fun to to talk about Mary Jane and get to know her a little better and get to know her stories. But it has it the, the time has come for you to give me this long-awaited piece of Spider-Man <laughs> trivia. Um long-awaited now and even long-awaited when it came to pass. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was looking up just like interesting, you know, bits about Mary Jane trivia and you know, I came across the usual thing. It was like, oh, they considered casting this character or oh, this this bit got cut from the movies or sure. whatever. Um, you know, just kind of the bog standard stuff. But I I came across something that I had not heard of and uh, you know, part of it is I'm was just not old enough, but you'd think I would have heard of this happening. And I'm sure if there's any fans out there that are older than I am. They'll be like, of course. Um, but I was <laughs> four when this happened. So in 1987, they staged a wedding for Peter Parker and Mary Jane. And it happened in New York City at Shea Stadium. Wait, and you mean in real life? Yeah, in real life. <laughs> okay. In real life, at the stadium, they had a wedding for Spider-Man and Mary Jane. And they hired actors to play the parts um, the Spider-Man actor was like in the spider suit and like had a tuxedo over it. And Mary Jane was there in like a wedding dress and everything. And uh, uh, Stan Lee officiated the wedding. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, and uh, there were, I guess there were like other people in costume, like as the Hulk and Captain America and uh, Iceman and Firestar, who at the time would be like, you know, in the amazing uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends cartoon. So like they had that association. The goblin showed up, so I guess there was a little bit of like a dramatic element to this wedding. Wait, some so some dude got paid to show up as the green goblin and crash the fake Spider-Man wedding? 
That is correct. Holy hell. And you can find pictures of this and I'll definitely save a picture and share it on the Twitter when this episode goes up. But it was just so wild to me. Like this was a thing that happened. This was a big deal. It was a big enough deal that it made it into the newspapers, which I think was the more surreal thing. Like I I did on YouTube find a clip where they um, were on a talk show promoting that this was going to happen like the following day. So like Stanley is there with the actress and um actor like they're in their costume and they're talking about the event that's coming up and you know why they're doing it and a little bit about like kind of the con- I don't know it was, it's kind of a weird interview because they're both like they're kind of half in and out of character like the actors are in character but Stanley is definitely talking about it like it's a comic book mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really strange but what what was wild is like in the New York Times like there was an article that they posted about this event but it's almost written like an actual wedding announcement like they're like mary jane watson an actress will be married to amazing spider-man a superhero (laughs) like 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 this is a thing like the freelance photographer for the daily bugle like this is an actual wedding that's happening what (laughs) just everybody just agreed that like spider-man was really gonna get married yeah yeah oh my god what um yeah they're like and the the bride will be wearing a gown by willie smith like this it it's really strange i'm, I'm like, so <laughs> mystified right now um, <sighs> okay now wait <laughs> hang on now you might have said this i'm a little i'm i'm a little lost in the sauce here who organized this i mean i i assume that like marvel publishing organized this as like this a, would have been like a, as like a promotional thing, thing. Yeah, so this was, I think, like, 25 years after the start of the comic. Yeah, so 25 years after the first Spider-Man comic. So I guess it was kind of like a celebration of the 25th anniversary, but also why not have these characters get married? Okay. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) They just really... (laughs) Get some cosplayers in here. (laughs) That is so incredible. I mean, I want to see more of this. Like... Look, okay, I don't supernatural, but I believe that like if you if your show makes it to 19 years, like they need to hire cosplayers to like have an in-person wedding somewhere on earth. Like oh, and you, televise oh, it. Uh, oh, you mean like how they made Destiel Cannon? Oh, no, no, but I mean without <laughs> anybody going to super hell. Oh, uh, if uh, what the car went to heaven though. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the most important thing. I cannot believe. I hate Oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for bringing up Destiel. I know every <laughs> I know everybody's trying to move past it, but you can't can't mention to me that uh, there was a comic book wedding that happened without me bringing up the Destiel became. Well, can. maybe on the 25th anniversary of Supernatural, they'll hire actors to play those parts. They'll take them to a baseball field and have them get married. It won't be the <laughs> actors though. It'll be some cosplayers. No, yeah, exactly. It'll be some other actors. Oh my god. That's so funny. What I wouldn't give to have been at the Spider-Man wedding that the Green Goblin crashed. Incredible. I'm upset that that I was, you know, in pre-kindergarten and couldn't go. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't man. invited to a lot of weddings back then. Yeah. You could have been the flower girl at Spider-Man's wedding. <laughs> that would have that would have truly been marvelous. Oh my god. Well, if you were at Spider-Man's wedding, <laughs> uh, you listener, or if you uh, have heard whispers on the wind of any upcoming Spider-Man weddings, you should throw an invitation our way. Or you can just tell us what you like about the show. But mostly we're interested in Spider-Man wedding invitations. <laughs> uh, if you if you like what we do here on the show or you want to tell us about upcoming Spider-Man weddings, you can tweet us 
at wasspideythere on Twitter. Or you can send us an email at wasspideythere at gmail.com. We also have a Discord server now. We want to hear from you guys. We like to talk and engage. We have a good time. We send memes at 3 a.m., you know, <laughs> like any other Discord server. So hit us up. We definitely uh, want to hear from you. And uh, we will, without a doubt, be talking about the Spider-Man wedding in days to come. <laughs> as well as... Um, various other things we've discussed on the show. Kat, thank you so much for doing all the research this week. It's been a great time. And with that, my name is Zeke. And I'm Kat. And we'll see you next week. What's up, Spider Pals? It's Zeke. If you enjoyed the stories that we talked about in today's episode, you should check out the issues they're from. And they are The Amazing Mary Jane, numbers 1 through 6, The Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, Spider-Man Annual, number 19, and our featured fanfic this week was Spider-Man No More by That Hippie Chick. That's that underscore hippie underscore chick. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.